started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Okay, friends, as promised, once again, I have the great Edward Reardon on the line with me, joining us on The Secret Podcast. Edward is a remote viewer. You may have found him on YouTube sharing his uh, his ASMR voice, the soothing sounds of Edward, as he goes through his many fascinating remote viewing sessions. Or you may know him from Crypto Viewing and the fantastic work that he does there. Either way, listening to Edward speak is such a wonderful experience. He's someone that I look up to as a role model. I'm so thankful to also call him a friend in the work that he does. I always find it inspiring and thought-provoking, leaving me months, in some cases years, to ponder the conversations that we had. So tonight, we're going to have a freestyle form of a conversation, just seeing where it leads us down the rabbit hole as we talk about remote viewing. Edward, my friend, how are you tonight, sir? Hey, Dennis, I'm doing great. And uh, thank you for that very, very kind intro. And uh, yeah, I'm always interested to to get into a free-form kind of conversation, see where it goes. You just never know where it's going to go. That's the interesting part. That's the fun part, man. And I'll tell you, every time, I mean, we talk every week, but every time you and I have a chance to talk just like this, I'm always just left wanting more because you've had such a, a, a fantastic journey um, and you've been such a good friend to uh, to the show as well. And I'm always thankful that you, you take the time to come. Um, for anybody who's not familiar with your work, do you want to just give a, a brief background on uh, on who you are? Well, who I am in regards to remote viewing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, there, that's well, a, the whole thing is a big, thick book, but let's just talk yeah, about remote a, viewing. Okay. Uh, as far as remote viewing is concerned, um, uh, it, it is a, it's one of those um, life experiences that, you know, people like us have, you know, where something uh, is making its way through um, and, and then you you just happen to turn on the TV or whatever or the radio and boom, there there it is and somebody's talking about it and you're like, oh my God, at that. Uh, and, and your brain just lights up. Well, that, that's what happened is, is in regards to remote viewing for me um, when the first documentary of, about remote viewing was, was broadcast uh, in 1996 on uh, the Discovery Channel. Mm-hmm. And um, I recorded the show on VHS uh, back in the, in the day. I watched it a thousand times. All the guys were on there, uh, Ingo Swan, Ed Dames, Mel Riley, uh, Lynn Buchanan, all these just these uh, larger-than-life-looking figures. Um, but, uh, that, uh, triggered my interest in to go towards remote viewing and, um, in, I went through all kinds of other experiences and different types of disciplines and all those kinds of things. And in the end, I went back to remote viewing because it deals with verifiable feedback Mm-hmm. And uh, with the with the many things that I uh, was uh, had do- dove into, um, 
verifiable feedback typically wasn't part of the process. And it was something that I really, really needed and became very um, uh, kind of like the, the whole the whole idea of, of the verifiable feedback part became the, the a main um, issue for me because I was mm-hmm. disillusioned by various other things. So, right. um, and that, and that's what remote viewing uh, offered because of the way that it was presented uh, coming out of the military and all that kind of stuff um, gave it kind of that kind of non uh, new age kind of um, perspective. And I, and I, I, I appreciated that. Yeah, it has the more of a scientific approach to it with that verification, which um, you know I find to be because when you go through this psychic journey and this growth point, there's a lot of moments where you're like, "Is that my imagination, or is that?" And you find feedback that matters to you and it works. But remote viewing has a much more tangible. Nope, this is exactly what you were trying to perceive, and this is what you did. Uh, it does. And, and that, uh, it kind of merges the two. It, mm-hmm. it, um, it's a process. I mean, we just like to call it remote viewing, you know, it's, right. it's just a, but it is a human experience. Um, but it, it, it was, they kind of took it and said, okay, let's, let's kind of remove some of these stigmas around the, the, uh, human, uh, uh faculty. And we'll just explore the faculty without any of the other kind of, um, you know, woo 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 kind of things. We'll, we'll just kind right. of bare bones it. And in my opinion, it, it blends the two very nicely um, mm-hmm. without adding a lot of the kind of uh, fantasy type stuff. But I mean, you can add the fantasy in there. You know, I love, I, you know, I, you know, I am. It, it creates opportunity for that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, you can, you can gravitate. I mean, that's to me, that's some of the fun stuff, the mystery behind it when you can explore those things, but you yeah. can also reduce it back to the bare bones and, and remove that from it, which I think helps keep you, keep you grounded. Absolutely. Uh, back in reality. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, uh, that, that was one of the things that I was uh, needing at the time, uh, mm-hmm. and I did get it from remote viewing, and and it has just continued on and on and on and on and on, and uh, it's just uh, it's a great um, way to explore, um, and get and get to new get to new things mm-hmm. uh, via uh, the the process uh, that I wouldn't have been able to get to otherwise. So, so twenty plus years later, thirty thousand mm-hmm. hours. Of remote yes, viewing, sir. as as we often say, yes, sir. <laughs> um, you know, a, a lot has changed, a lot of, of growth and insight. I'm just thinking back mm-hmm. on the conversations we've had on the show that have been, I think, valuable, invaluable. It just just priceless to me. We started with remote viewing QAnon. I want to touch on that in a minute. Um, you know, we looked at the remote viewing Vimanas. I was talking to a friend about that one the other day. That was a powerful show. Um, we looked at Pando, the, the very old tree, the oldest life form on the planet. And, uh, yeah. you know, that creation, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and I think there was probably one or two more in there. Pi. Um, we talked about Pi. We, we remote viewed Pi. And that, that one had such a profound impact. And this is what's neat about remote viewing is you go through an experience and it, it, it changes you. You learn from it. You grow from it. And you've had these experiences through remote viewing that have really shaped things. And even your remote viewing style, I remember after Pi, you've, you've added some new things yeah. into how you remote view. Um, yeah. You know, of, of that, which one, I, I can't even ask you which one, but what, what's something that comes to mind is like, wow, that was an amazing experience for me. I want to ask you which is your favorite or the best, but what's something that stands out for you? Yeah, yeah, I, I know that that one is really tough for me um, yeah. to try to nail something down like that. But uh, you know, I would put it put it into those categories of uh, the, the sessions uh, on Pi. Um, I'd say that one was probably um, probably the most impactful for me mm-hmm. um, because it um, it took me into some new places, some new spaces. Uh, to understand um, uh, things that I had never been exposed to before. And um, what I mean by that is that 
Um, we, if we look at something like the ominous feeling sessions mm-hmm. uh, from November of 2017, and it's like, okay, well, that was pretty pretty good. But there there are things uh, in the collective mindset of uh, viruses and stuff like that. So it's not a new concept. Uh, the timing it was a, it was a timing thing. If, if mm-hmm. anything else, if I look at it, it's, it was more of a of a timing thing than anything else. Um, but with Pi, there I was being uh, going into spaces of ideas and stuff like that I had never heard of before. So they yeah. they were new, they were novel to me, mm-hmm. and that's that's what's important to me. Um, that that kind of stuff, you know. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, uh, um, if the uh, if I'm given a target and the target is a guy standing on the corner, and I and I draw a guy standing on the corner, some people may go, "Wow, isn't that great?" Mm-hmm. But to me, it's not great. But if I go into the guy's mind and I learn something new about the guy, right, um, and I get get something uh, that is interesting to me, then it's a rewarding experience to me, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's just you, a difference of a, a point of view. Do you find, and I was just watching, cause I, I know you're uh, you've got a lot of stuff on YouTube and, and you've got even more in-depth detail on your Patreon. Um, and I think it's, it's a great resource for anybody who's interested in remote viewing, who's going through the process of remote viewing, who's learning remote viewing um, as a student myself to watch Edward's sessions and how he goes through that process it helps me as a viewer saying, okay, this is how he does it. This is what I'm experiencing. And it gives you just something to compare it to. So I recommend if you're interested, check out his Patreon, check out his, uh, his YouTube channel. Um, but you did a target. It was the golden gate bridge. You shared this one recently, I think. Um, and, and you had this experience you went through and you sketched it out, but then you were paying attention to your process, but you ended up getting all these energetics and fires and smoke, correct. And, and, and you, you looked at that uh, and learned something else from that. Do you, do you want? Do you mind talking about that experience? Yeah, sure. I, I recently reposted that one, but the, the session was, I think, from about a year ago. Yeah. And um, so I'm working my my target, you know, my uh, sensitivity drills, and you know the 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 training that I do um, in for my explorationary stuff. And I do that all with blind targets uh, from online remote viewing targeting pools so that I'm completely blind uh, and there's nobody else involved. You know, it's just me and mm-hmm. and those targets online. So I'm going through uh, working on that one. Uh, the target was the whatever Golden Gate Bridge, I believe. And uh, I was beginning to experience um, a lot of the energetic stuff, uh, fire. I think it was fires and flames mm-hmm. or just yeah. the, big, the big energy. And so um, when I looked at the feedback uh, to see that it was the Golden Gate Bridge, I didn't really understand. I, I didn't have any kind of closure. I didn't understand what was going on. It wasn't until I did a now, you know. For me, the, the, the experience had the qualities, the specific qualities. Uh, of an actual remote viewing that uh, mm-hmm. there were the, the the specific parts of my brain uh, were uh, uh, translating um, the uh, an actual input. And so I had to do a little research and then boom, I did I looked at the news and uh, there was uh, they were uh, in the wildfires were hitting mm-hmm. there. Uh, so that um, um, I don't know what else I was saying in that video, but it, it kind of goes to the, uh, there could be some entropy involved, mm-hmm. um, being drawn to uh, that specific uh, location, but in a time where there's a higher amount of energy. Right. Uh, so there's probably some of that there. Um, you know, uh, I can't, I, I'm not sure what else I was talking about. Uh, I think that, that was basically it is that, you, you know, you were drawn to that, that aspect, that point in time, the present moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the target was that moment in time, but that's where you were drawn to with the energy yeah. surrounding it. Um, yeah. and, and it, it raises a, a question for me. I mean, do you, you know, I, I try, I try in my practice to look at, um, more verifiable, basic, boring targets than the fun, exciting, crazy woo woo, because well, I'm still learning and there's more feedback about, I mean, you, all the reasons that you have told me, um, yes. but do you find that when you look at 
a basic target, not knowing is it going to be woo woo, is it going to be just a building? Do you get bored on some of those targets? And does your mind start to wander and you start pulling in different data if it's just the building and that's all you're looking at? Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm not saying that that couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could definitely happen. Uh, although, um, what I will say is that in, in the type of, um, and I, I call it training, mm-hmm. um, because it, it, it's, it's like a boxer or something or an MMA guy, you know, they, they train all the time because they're right. going to get into the ring. They're, they're not doing it for fun, you know, or whatever. Um, and I, and I look at, I look at my work in, in that, uh, from that perspective. So, but when I'm going into those, uh, I am wanting to experience specific things. Mm-hmm. Those experiences are not boring. Right. Uh, they're very, very interesting. And so um, my curiosity and those types of things are already stimulated. So even if the, even if the target is a building, mm-hmm. um, I'm wanting to experience dimensional sensations. Yeah, because dimensional sensations are not intellectual thing. Oh, building, you know. Oh, you know, right. it's a building. They, they, it's a, it's a different part of the brain that is experiencing something other than an intellectual uh, idea about a building, and that's what I'm after. Um, whether it's the a building or a flat plane or being underwater or something, yeah. en- an entropy like a fire, uh, something like that. Um, you know, the, the, those parts of the brain that I'm looking to become aware of where those processes are happening, they're, they're not really in the part of the brain that gets bored very easily, you know? Right. Right. That's a, that's a really good point. Can you, can you describe what some of that feels like? You're you're saying these experiences, can you describe, um, a a recent experience on on a situation like that? Well, I'll, I'll give you, I'll explain what I mean by a dimensional sensation. And, um, because these are my terms, uh, these are terms that I've, I've come up with. So they're not, you know, not, not something you can go read in, in somebody's book or anything like that, mm-hmm. but there it's, it's in these exploratory sessions that I do these exploratory works that I'm looking for certain types of, uh, sensations, um, and then I can explore them. So how I got into calling it dimensional sensation and experiencing dimensional sensation is that there's, there's a part in the brain that uh, I had to experience and go and find. I had to experience it um, and then locate it within my own brain. Mm-hmm. Um, experience it more than once, over and over again. and then uh, with verifiable feedback and then say, well, what part of my brain, what is going on here? What part of my brain is active? Where is this happening? And how can I go and find it? So I located in my brain stem that these signals or these, this stimulus was happening in my brain stem and in a specific area of my brain stem, which I would then go after the sessions and all that, then go and look at, look at, try to find it on Google or whatever. And there's this part in our, uh, called the, um, cerebral peduncle. Mm-hmm. And I found that and I said, Oh my God, that's the part. So I go and I research it. And lo and behold, that is the part of the brain that they say we experience something called proprioception mm-hmm. and proprioception is, uh, what what they um how they describe it as the quote unquote sixth sense or as if you were um in a dark room and trying to figure out uh the dimensionality or what's near you or what's what's around you uh, but it's not happening through textile senses and so that made that was a breakthrough that was a huge breakthrough because in a, an experience of a dimensional sensation, there is the sense of a mass, mm-hmm. its dimensionality, its uh, uh, and how it is uh, in its ex- in its expression uh, towards me, meaning that where I am in relationship to it, 
and uh, how it feels. So uh, there have been uh, ones where I'm in a crowd, uh, literally in a crowd of people. Mm-hmm. The, the proprioception has me surrounded by uh, entropy, uh, active life forms, uh, and I'll describe it. And I'll go check the feedback and the concert was Woodstock or something like that. Right, right. Uh, where the large amounts of people. And so uh, that's what I'm talking about. Now, it, I'll take that as an example. I did have a sensation that I was surrounded by people. My brain somewhere took that uh, proprioception, um, that dimensional sensation, and linked it with the idea that these were people around me as opposed to us. Uh, inside of a barrel somewhere uh, right. or you know something where I was surrounded by by things because it could be anything you know it doesn't have to be people it could be anything mm-hmm. um, but in that one yeah I it had processed into um, uh, people conversations loudness uh, they're close to me uh, their body temperatures and all that kind of stuff but it's it's that there's mass there there's a dimensional, uh, aspect to it, um, and and it, it's it's hard to ex- to explain. Um, it, it it you need to experience it to, right. to know what that to really know what that means. It's really it's not that easy to describe in in words. I think you did a pretty good job. And, and, and uh, my first thought on that though is that's fascinating. That while you're in a session, you're recognizing where this sensation is originating in your body, in your mind, in your brain, to pinpoint it to that location, to then get that feedback piece that, in my, you know, I think verifies. Um, I mean, there's real scientific value in that, real research value. I'm, I'm reading um, one of Ingo's books right now, one of the new ones that was out, I think, 2019. What's it called? Let me look at my uh, catalog here. It's called Psychic Literacy. And it just talks about Ingo's research and trying to understand the process and how this works and where it comes from. And I I just think that's such a valuable piece of insight for people that do research into this, that you're able to obtain that information just through your own experience and then find the feedback for it. I think that's huge. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I I have to, to qualify it and say that that was my intention going into it. was okay. Um, I want to experience dimensional sensations now with this, and that's what I go in looking for in, yeah. in those sessions. I want to go in uh, and I want to try to locate. Uh, well, okay. Well, uh, here here will be the process. I'll have a a target a online database target, mm-hmm. which is the feedback reference uh, reference ID link. Uh, I'll go to my board. Um, I have the reference ID ready. It's on there. I will um, then I'm wait I'm waiting for some type of internal indication that uh, a, an input or has been um, recognized. Mm-hmm. Something has happened, and I have a f- sensation or a feeling that. Um, it has been acquired. Then, uh, once I have some type of internal verification, and now I want to go ahead and look f- and become aware of any any type of sensations that I'm yeah. experiencing. If I'm not really doing anything, I'll go and I'll do some ideograms. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though in my in my explorations, uh, I am of the opinion that it is uh, an autom- automatic process. It is an automatic process, meaning that it's there instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, the time that it gets from um, where it is uh, ignited to our uh, uh, above uh, threshold awareness, that can vary. Um, it could be instant or it could take a little bit of time. I've had, you can, if you look through some of my videos, it's like maybe two minutes later and then, and then blammo. Um, there it is, you know, uh, so why does it take so much time? That's the next, then that's the next part of the exploration. Why did it take so much time? You know, it just, it just feeds itself. It's just ongoing, you know, uh, pulling and pulling and pulling. And then it's like, okay, well, all right. First, I want to make sure I got something real. 
mm-hmm. want a real dimension with all the qualities that I've come to know. And then I want to use that to go and, and, and bring my awareness into the part of my brain. And that, which is uh, nothing really new. The yogis do it. You know it too. Contemplate your navel. What does that mean? You bring your awareness to your navel and your, you know, so you're bringing your awareness to another part of your body. Doing the same thing inside of my own brain. Yeah. And, um, and the, and I've been able to find some things that um, I haven't seen anyone um, publish before. So Mm -hmm. as far as I know, some of the things that I've been able to, to, to find our novel. And so that gives it some importance to me uh, to want to publish it and put it out there for other people to see it, you know? And that's, and that's a huge point. And, and I'm incredibly grateful for you doing that and doing that kind of work and sharing that. Um, and and I, I just keep saying to anybody that's interested in learning remote viewing, um, your content is, I'd say, on the must-watch list. It, it really helps you understand the process and feel comfortable with it. And I'd say even can alert you to recognize certain certain aspects of the experience while you're going through it. Of course, go out and have your own experience. But hearing um, you know viewers like Edward talk about it, I think just gives you a little more confidence as you're going through your journey. Um, you know, and, and again, just it's amazing that you're exploring these things that I think as a new viewer, you normally wouldn't think about. You're like, oh, I want to go out and I want to sketch the building and get that drawing right. Because that's exciting when it's new to you. I want to get that current event story and, and draw it, you know, right. but you've, you're you so far beyond that now. And, and I think having that in the back of your mind is helpful in recognizing, hey, there's a lot more going on here than just, can I draw the picture correctly? Exactly. Exactly. And, and it took a long time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, what you're describing is the, is the, is the typical process, uh, that, or I'd say the normal process right. that anyone would go through is that first they want to draw the building. I mean, they, they, you know, they want to do that. Um, and if they don't, then, you know, you got to go through all the, what happens after that, <laughs> you yeah. know, and then mm-hmm. if you do, then you got to go through what happens after that. So uh, right. it, you know, that's, that's part of the 30,000 hour thing, um, you know, to, to get, uh, you know, kind of work through, through a lot of that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. and it really, you know, you have, you have to work through a lot of that stuff and, um, it's not easy. And sometimes it's just really sucks. And other times it's, un- it's incredibly, uh, you know, it's amazing. Um, you know, and, uh, but it, it's, it's, uh, that's what, like I say, man, it's training, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, it's, it really is a mental martial art, you know, I, I and I, I understand that now it's, it's a mental martial art, but it, it, it filters through, I mean, as any martial art, your entire life, your way of being, your way of perceiving, your way of acting. You, know, you told me at the very beginning of our, of our, um, you know, friendship, um, it'll kick your ass. It'll chew you up and spit you out. And I had you no know. understanding of, I had no understanding really the context of that until I experienced it. And then you were there to make fun of me online about it. So, <laughs> Cause I was yeah. crying online, like, man, I can't uh, hit any targets. What's going on? Yeah, you know, and it yeah. did. And it, it, it's still kicking my ass, you know? Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's know, not going to end. That's not going to end, you know? No, uh, that's the growth though. And that, but that's why, again, I appreciate uh, you sharing your work and sharing that, Hey, because I think people would give up at that point sometimes, but when you hear, Nope, this is normal. This is part of your learning experience. It keeps you going to hear somebody say, yep, I've been through that and you'll get through it too. You know, exactly. Exactly. It's the, you know, it's the, I think we talked about this pretty far in the beginning as well is that, you know, there is the point where people where a lot of people uh, won't be able to go beyond. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's that phase um, that really separates people out. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if they if they can't uh, if they can't handle that part, they're not going to make it through. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of designed that way. You know, um, like any discipline uh, or any spiritual. You know, I mean the old. Sp- the old school spiritual practices, you know, they were life or death. You know, you had to yeah. overcome something uh, in order to uh, pass that initiation. You know, now yep. they, 
don't really have them, like have that kind of thing. But you do have it with remote viewing, and it is that it'll beat your ego to a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. And and if you can if you can make it through that, then then you you've you've made progress. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that fear is is the gate is like a gatekeeper on on any spiritual journey, and it, yeah. it stops people from going forward. And other people say, okay, I'm going to push through this and get my ass kicked in the process. Yes. When you come out, you're, yeah. you're, you're different. You're, you're wiser uh, yeah. and, until the next ass kicking, you know, it yeah. doesn't stop. But. That's right. That's right. It's like uh, the movie Lord of the Rings. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget which one it was, but uh, Gandalf the Grey, you know, he's doing all that work, man. He's busting yeah. ass and he's fighting dragons, this, that, and he's doing everything. And then he, you know, he, he falls and dies. And, come, mm-hmm. and then what happened? He comes back, Gandalf the White. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, you know what I mean? He didn't And that go. story he gives, he was, I think he said he was gone for a thousand lifetimes in that process. He was gone for a very long time for hit through his experience. And that, I mean, that's a heavy piece of information that he says there. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, that's, you know, we're, we're talking about the same kind of thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, just it's less physically painful, <laughs> Right. Uh, but it is emotionally and mentally uh, can be brutal. You know? Yeah, it really it really does. You can walk away um, feeling pretty depressed for a while um, in just trying to process. I mean, I think that's with any sometimes it's just a paradigm shift and you yeah. have to reap. And I, I equated to our minds are, are like a low grade hard drive. And then we get a, a zip file that comes in and it takes a while for that file to unpack. Because our, mm. our processor is not quick enough to just instantly download and absorb that information. So it takes some time and, and there's some emotional turmoil as that process, that unpackaging is happening. Sure, sure. And, and uh, you know, that is happening. And then you, you, you realize um, that uh, what you think uh, should happen uh, the difference between what you think should happen and what actually does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, 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 you're hit with that kind of a reality. Right. And, um, you know, reality can be tough, you know? Uh, so that, that's, again, that's why I was drawn to remote viewing because that's what I right. wanted. I wanted that. Uh, the, some of the things that I had done, uh, you know, they, yeah, some people thought it was it was amazing and great, but at the end of the day, I was always left going, I don't know, maybe I made that shit up, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, that's a tough that's a tough moment because in the moment it's so real, but then the yeah. more time passes, you start to doubt yourself and say, well, this could have been imagination, this could have been anything, but what yeah. it's telling me, yeah, that's yeah, a hard one. Yeah, yeah, it was, and and so and remote viewing again offered the. Uh, a way to practice uh, mm-hmm. and explore um, and and see what what was real and what was possible. So that's I'm I'm grateful for it for that. And just so, like it's an you know, and then I had to take to take it into the areas that I wanted to go in um, of exploration uh, that you know I just couldn't find anywhere else other than some of Ingo's work. Right, because uh, he was a big inspiration uh, for for my exploration was was from yeah. reading what he was was doing. Yeah, and so that was a big big inspiration for me. So very I'm very grateful for Ringo. And uh, yeah, as am I. And I don't think a lot of people take that press. Sorry, my daughter's in the background. You can right here making all this noise. But I, I don't think a lot of people. Um, take it that far and, and that's okay i mean because like you said that this level of the journey is now i should say this aspect of the journey is not for everybody to explore uh in that sense some of us are okay with with just getting that piece of data getting that feedback and that's okay i got i drew the building i i identified the emotion or the event yeah. um because yeah. yeah. it gets or, it gets scary again or um you know the sexy stuff uh-huh. uh you know the you know and, and and i think we might have talked about this before but one of my biggest disappointments is that uh ingo swan's most popular book is uh, his book penetration mm-hmm. about the moon stuff and i'm yeah. and, and to me that should be at the bottom of the list uh, yeah. and his, 
book, uh, Natural Guide to ESP, is his most important book. Mm-hmm. Um, but most, but you know, uh, what you're saying is true and absolutely correct because what he said, what he's talking about in uh, Natural Guide to ESP, is not sexy and it's a hell of a lot of work and yeah. it loses uh, a lot of people right at the beginning. But if you're talking about, you know, talking to aliens on the moon, anybody, you know, everybody wants to read that. Well, it's an interesting story, whether it's true or not. It's a, it's an entertaining story. And to think, wow, this might be real. I mean, right. It's sexy. Like you said, it's sexy um, stuff, man. But you are a, a craftsman. You're a, a technician. Um, this is your, you know, this is your craft that you're continually honing, um, like a professional athlete. So they love all that boring technical aspects, watching, rewatching reels of the game, uh, and, and studying the, you know, the intricacies of other players and how they do things. I mean, you listen to a professional player describe how someone like even fighters just describing someone's stance and the subtle different differences and how they throw their punches or their kicks. You know, and that's what you're after. That's what you're interested in, in that level of it. That um, is very true. Very true. Yeah. Exciting. Um, you know, but looking at some of that fun, sexy stuff, because I know some of our listeners want to pick your brain about some of that stuff as well, Edward. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I think it's important okay. to get that background out. Um, you know, but something that that always comes to mind and. And I'll give the caveat, and I'm sure you'll give it again for entertainment purposes right now, because we're going to get into some of the unverifiable stuff. Um, but I mean, let, let's start with the, with the big one was that that ominous feeling. I know you did a, um, a follow up video not too long ago, about five minutes long with some of the feedback that you've received. Mm-hmm. You know, what have you learned from that experience? What do you think that data set tells you and refers to and this is 2017 you started getting this signal line correct um the um the the big uh feedback for me regarding that uh because when when the when the virus hit uh, and it was co the covid thing and you saw the you know the little balls with the right. pointy things um, uh, and I looked back at my session and I was like, oh man, I saw the virus coming, but I didn't draw any ball with pokey things on it. Right. So I didn't understand that part. Um, but I, I didn't, I, 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 you know, I was stuck in a, in a situation of going, well, maybe I, maybe I, you know, deciphered that part incorrectly, Mm-hmm. Uh, or something along those lines, but I didn't really feel that was the case. And so I just had to wait. And then uh, somebody sent me uh, a message that said, look at this. And it was about um, how the, um, the virus was causing the body uh, to produce an excessive amount of a specific type of protein that caused blood clots. And it's called fibrin. And typically, uh, you know, if you cut your hand and you're bleeding, uh, the body says, okay, uh, we need to produce this protein and send it over there uh, so we can stop that uh, hemorrhaging or whatever. And it's a, it's a, you know, kind of an as needed process. But with, with this thing, it was, it was uh, tricking the brain into thinking that it, it needed to produce more of that. And somebody sent me uh, an article and an image of that, and it looked exactly like what I was drawing. And when I was talking about the fiber and the whole thing, um, and that that this was a, a big part of this problem, and so that was probably the most profound uh, feedback. Because again, it kind of goes back to our earlier conversation. Hey, you know, the, you draw the building, and there's the building, and the oh boy, look at me, pat me on the back, everybody, you know, give me a cookie. But with this one, um, that I had to wait uh, on that one. So. Uh, it's a little bit tougher because again, you're going through that, ah, maybe I got some of this right and some of this wrong. Um, right. but that was, 
that was um, in, that was the feedback regarding the ominous feeling sessions that that told me, uh, okay, that's something. You what, know, what's curious and, and a little bit different about that target too is that you weren't you weren't tasked well you weren't tasked in the traditional sense. I don't know where this data came from and how it came to you. You picked up on a signal line that was out there and you just said, ah, cause you, I guess, obviously you're sensitive to these things. And this was probably such an, a large emotional marker out there in the ether, but then you used remote viewing to unpack that feeling. So there was no real tasking other than figure out what this feeling is. That's correct. Yeah. It was, it was one of those experiences. And I know you can relate to this was like, um, I experienced something that morning and then I had to, you know, in my mind, uh, deal with, okay, that was pretty interesting. I want to know what that is more, or I can just say, eh, I'm going to get on with my day. Um, you know, this kind of thing. But the part of me was saying, ah, I should review that. I, I should yeah. take this into a session. And then the other part is saying, ah, maybe, you know, whatever, you know, uh, get on with the day, go eat breakfast or, you know, uh, but you know, like, and you know, this, you, you know, this, uh, when, when you feel you need to go somewhere, when you feel, mm -hmm. oh, wait a minute, something just happened. It's important. I need to act on this. Yeah. Uh, it was one of one of those things. Like I need to act on this. Um, so, you know, it it had those qualities, and and I know those feelings. You know those feelings. People, yeah. people who have had uh, those kinds of experience. You know, it's you you know the level of. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a different it's a different feeling that it, we'll, we'll say it it eventually presents itself as a thought, but that's not how it starts. Um, and I think as people go through this journey of just spiritual growth, remote viewing or not, you'll start to experience, hey, I'm thinking about something a different way. And this feels different. Let's explore it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I get this message and, and uh, I'm going to follow it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and when you do, I think we even had this conversation before. When you, when you get that type of impulse, when you get that kind of inspiration, when you do follow it, you're like, wow, man, I'm glad I followed that. That yeah. just now I feel alive and I, you know, I'm a part of the universe and all that kind of stuff. You know, you're yeah. interacting. Um, and so, you know, though, it, it's great when, you, when it happens, man, you know, yeah, you gotta it's act terrifying, it. but it's, it's, uh, yes, it's, it's, it's a, one of those almost life changing. It's just such a fulfilling experience uh that you learn from yeah. you know and the, so the question the question i ask you um with that experience do you have any idea where that comes from where that where that data came from and, and why it came to you well i um i have had to think about that for a long time now and mm -hmm. um what i have researched was that the the Wuhan lab mm -hmm. had some kind of um, emergency happen in uh, November of 2017. Mm. Not something that was, you know, publicized. Right. It was publicized after the new, after the virus came out. And, and then someone said, oh, well, in the records was that they had, uh, I, I can't remember what it was, but right. uh, some, you know, there was some, something there. Yeah. And um, so when I'm looking at it, I'm, I have to contemplate, well, let me, okay, I'll look at it from several different altitudes here. On one altitude, maybe that's emergency uh, situation they had. Um, sent a signal into the collective unconscious and uh, a chain reaction was set off that uh, two years later uh, would come into play mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, and grow exponentially. 
based off of that, off of that one thing. Uh, maybe that's what it was, and and the magnitude of it hit me. Uh, other or um, maybe it was uh, um, a future event that was rippling back uh, in time, um, or maybe it was uh, I had I have already experienced the future. And I gave myself an impulse of what was uh, inevitably going to come. Right. Or it was um, some type of inspiration um, from somewhere else uh, that we could contemplate uh, all kinds of different scenarios relating right. to that. So, uh, I, you know, like I said, I've said I don't deal in absolutes. Uh, I deal in possibilities and probabilities. And there's a right. possibility and probability it could be any and all of those things. Right. Right. You know, and each one is, is you know, equally interesting and, and fantastic to think about and contemplate. You know, yeah. did you did you send this to yourself? Did was it just such an emotional signal that was sent out, and you just because you're sensitive, you happened to pick up on it? So why didn't other sensitives pick up on it? Maybe they did, but they didn't publish anything on it. But you know, there's so many things that I that I wonder about as to as to the the why. It's it's a very curious thing to ponder. And I think those are great oh, yeah. possibilities that you that you share with that. Uh, and again, I'm thankful you put that that part of the experience out there for us to experience. Um, and it's something I watch very closely and I'm always looking for feedback on that one. Um, you know, the other, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, somebody had sent me something, uh, another thing recently, um, ab about it. And, um, I kind of forgot about it. I, I didn't really act on it immediately. I kind of forgot about it, but I'm getting more, you know, I'm, I'm still getting feedback, people right. sending me stuff. Um, related to that to that session mm -hmm. i tell you man it's just it's hard to keep it all in all uh yeah in line because we're so doing so much remote <laughs> and that's just it you work so many targets um and there's so much that's thrown at you and those targets and i i look at a lot of your work is i think I don't know how or why but i think that a lot of the work you do a lot of the targets you've experienced and shared there's an interconnection there. There's a thread. There's a theme that's painting a bigger picture here. Um, things that are seemingly unrelated from Pando to Vimanas to QAnon to the Earth's core to Pi. There is a theme there. There's a thread there that paints a picture. I think that when, when someday the great analysts go through your work are going to be able to compile an amazing story and an incredible picture. Uh, of our of our greater reality, which kind of leads me to another question. Then, in in based on your experience and and what you've seen and learned, how would you describe this reality as you see it now? Not an absolute, just as you see it. What is this? Well, uh, you know, when you're asking that that question, it it does um, bring me to the to the pie mm -hmm. sessions and. Um, this this notion that we uh, are existing in a, in a sphere realm. This mm -hmm. is the, the the sphere realm, and uh, we we are born into it. Um, and that this is you know there are others, but this one is the sphere, the realm of spheres. What does that mean, spheres? That um, well, I mean. Depending on how we want to describe, we could say that we live in a bubble. Okay. Uh, we live in, in a realm uh, that is a sphere um, that is based on spheres. Mm -hmm. And things that are, that are grown uh, out of it are grown from spheres. And we, our, our physical bodies, uh, do the same. And, and that when conception happens, uh, it is a sphere that separates right. the two. And more and more and more. So we're literally born into a body of spheres, mm -hmm. and um, and that you know that's that's where we find ourselves in, in in this realm. Um, and that that again is just one of those things that just was like, um, 
uh, getting, uh, you know, going into the, you know, being an initiate into the great mysteries, you know, the mm-hmm. great mystery schools. Uh, and, but uh, remote viewing is the teacher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remote viewing takes me there. Um, so uh, that, that is, that is how I see it. And also I do consider myself a Taoist. Mm-hmm. And one of the main images is the yin yang symbol. Yeah. And it, it is a sphere. And within the sphere is the wave uh, of, of equilibrium. And um, so my uh, soul or whatever, you know, my, my life stream um, is, uh, is um, agrees with that. Mm-hmm. And and that that and so I, I get um, uh, a lot of aspects of reality uh, from myself as a Taoist, mm-hmm. and it's not something that I've studied. Uh, you know, I, I I can say, yeah, I was in a, 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 a Gnostic order. I was in uh, live with right. some you know, psychics, uh, archangel people, and uh, all this kind of. But did I live with a, with a, a Taoist? No. It's just yeah. something that uh, comes uh, uh, through me, you know. Yeah, that um, common thread throughout all those experiences, you, you recognize, hey, this this path, you know, whatever it is, even though I haven't been taught it, I'm living through it. Yeah, it's like be right behind all of that stuff is that thing, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and that that I that I I agree with. So, and again, it you know, it's 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 instead of the sphere. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and this is where, where everything happens here for us. And, um, so that's, that's how I, that's how I look at it. Uh, and again, I do look at it, uh, uh, from an, an aspect of equilibrium. And right. I've even kind of jokingly said, you know, I come from the order of equilibrium, you know, mm-hmm. um, where everything is ebbing and flowing, uh, uh, up, up and through uh, the the line of equality, and it's either going to when it gets too positive, it finds uh, resistance. When it gets too negative, right. it finds support. And uh, our the Earth moves that way, and um, the solar system wobbles that you know that way. And it's just uh, what our and it, it models our our reality and yeah. um, and how we experience reality. Trying know? to find that that balance. Sure, man. Like I say, you know, Mm -hmm. my robe is, is half black and half white. I don't, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, because I'm always seeking that, uh, equilibrium. And we, you know, a a lot of times we look for that, that peace. And we, you know, when I started this journey, it was like, well, how do I end suffering? How do I make everybody happy? But when you really stop and think about that, you got to have that, those darker aspects. Because yeah. otherwise it, do, it doesn't work. That's the motivation. That's the teaching tool. That's what encourages us to push forward. Um, you know, that utopia, it's a beautiful concept. And in the eyes of suffering, you never want to see that. But I, I think on some grander scale, it's necessary for growth. And when you look at it that way, it shifts that perspective of, wow, everything sucks. And we're just here to be tortured. And, you know, cause I can go down that path and there's days where I still feel that way. Cause you sure. know, things get hard. Yeah. But I like to yeah. think of it that way in terms of, you know, the grander, the bigger picture here is that we can learn and we can grow uh, even in the yeah. face of that horrible darkness. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really feel that, um, that, that is, uh, the way to, uh, to look at things mm-hmm. and um, and it would probably be put into and that because I've been thinking about this recently um, the the difference between uh, intelligence and wisdom mm-hmm. and what we're talking about here would would fall more into the realm of wisdom yeah because um, any you know intelligence is a dime a dozen you know Right. Uh, wisdom takes some effort, <laughs> you know, it's applying that, that Intel, uh, forgive me. I've got a background noise right now. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but, um, that wisdom is, is being able to apply, uh, critically that intelligence that you've acquired 
You're right. Anybody can just spit out, hey, I know this. Okay. Big deal. Can you apply that appropriately into a complex situation? Yeah. No, not yeah. always. Yeah. Or like, uh, I like to look at it like uh, uh, in, in, in the realm of uh, repeaters, you know, anybody can repeat what someone else said. Yeah. You know? um, but we'll forget about what somebody else said. I, I want right. to know how you think about it. What, right. what do you feel about it? What, what is your experience? perspective? What is your wisdom on that? Yeah. Uh, that's what will, that's what gets my ears perked up, you know? Yeah. And I, and I want to, I think that's a very important point. And I want to say this, not from a point of, not from a point of ego or arrogance, um, but you hear it, the difference when you have conversations in certain circles where someone just starts repeating dogma. The, the trending threads and they can repeat it quite well. And it all logically makes sense mm-hmm. versus someone who says, yeah, I, I know all that. Here's where I, what I've done with it, Here, you know, yeah. and, and it gives it a different flavor, a different spin. And that, that's always my encouragement is it's great to learn this stuff. But what are you doing with it? Yeah. How are you interpreting that and experiencing that? You're right. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. It's uh, and you know, there, there's, um, and you can apply like, uh, uh, you know, what are you doing with it? But how are also, how are you being with it? And the, you know, the wisdom aspect um, is it, being able to just sit in a state of being, you know, and yeah. uh, look at uh, both sides, you know, watch the ebb and the flow, the yin yang element of it and uh, come up with some, with a perspective um, from, from, that from being with it and and that's what i like too uh the intelligence you know that always you know intelligent people always want to tell you how smart they are <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. You know, they just yeah. go out of their way to tell you how smart they are you know? yeah yeah uh, which is which is totally fine but um yeah. i am more interested in in uh in in, in wisdom I'm, I'm very interested in wisdom I, I'm finding you can find intelligent people all over finding wise people is not as easy, man. You know, yeah. finding somebody with wisdom is, is well, not I, as easy. <laughs> I think also a lot of times once you reach that state of wisdom and I'm not claiming to be there, um, they're more quiet. They're observers at that point uh, and less yes. asked. And they're correct, not the yeah. ones trying to, go wake people up and say, Hey, you need to know this. You need to look at this. It's more, I'll be quiet. And then it's one of those, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, you know, so they're not going to be advertising that wisdom, but if you're paying attention, you can find, I think the people who have that to share and are willing to discuss it. Sure. And you, you know, to bring this back to remote viewing is, um, you know, the, the experience is no different with remote viewing. In that, um, if I'm trying to force myself, let's say, with my experimental stuff, if I'm trying to force myself to do it, uh, because my you know my intellect is saying I gotta do this, I gotta put a video out, I gotta blah 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 blah. Um, typically, I don't. I'm not going to get the kind of experience that I'm looking for, and it can be very frustrating. Um, but from, from the other perspective is uh, the understanding. And that's where the wisdom part comes in, uh, of being able to, ah, now, now is the time to go and do that now. That makes a lot of sense. You know? Yeah, personally. Yeah, it, it does, because yeah. you, it's a feeling. Yeah. Um, and if, if you're trying to force that feeling, sometimes it's just, I mean, it's, let your intuition guide you, as I'm always saying. I mean, and if, if yeah. you're forcing it, you're not going to get the same results. You know, if your reason is just for the, let me create some content that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Edward, we're coming up uh, on the, on the end of our time here. Um, I have a thousand more questions for you, but we'll just have to do it again sometime. Um, But any, any final thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's been been a crazy year and a half. You've worked some amazing targets and sessions. Um, What do you want to leave us with on this one here? Well, I want to leave with, with this. I was thinking about this yesterday. 
um, in regards to the metaverse and uh, AI and these types of things that are really in the collective mind right now. And, and I know a lot of people are afraid of that kind of thing. And I, and I, I get this often um, about how, do, how I feel about that kind of thing. Um, and, and it boils down to this. Uh, when the metaverse is created, um, it will be an amazing thing. It'll be an incredible feat of human ingenuity. As long as someone can find the equilibrium, I'm going to use this to learn something. And you learn it, and then you can set it down and go about yourself. If um, if you swing too far out um, and say, oh, this is terrible, this is the worst, this is the devil, you're, you'll, there's a possibility you may miss something. On the other spectrum, if you delve into it and lose yourself, uh, that is bad as well. If you can find the equilibrium with, this, with technology and what is coming with technology, you, you will find that it is an incredible learning tool where we are taking all the things that we've, we've learned in humanity over thousands of years, putting them into a huge database that now we can access uh, at will. That is an incredible feat of human uh, ingenuity. And just make sure that you find the equilibrium into what you need from it. Uh, and you will be fine. We will be fine. And we will begin to move very fast. So that's what I wanted to leave everyone with. I'm so thankful you said that. My last show, I, I dove into the metaverse. Um, and I really, I, when I first started this journey, I got that tool that we're talking about looking at AI. And my initial reaction was, this is bad. This is the takeover. But I think it's very important to recognize that this is here and there's, there is some benefit. And for some people, they will benefit more than others from this because it's, it's, there's so much potential for good that can yeah. come from this. Absolutely. But, yeah. but like you said, find that equilibrium. I think that's, that's an awesome piece of wisdom and advice there, Edward. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So you have, uh, you know, you've got a lot going on with crypto viewing people. You know, I know we have some crypto fans that listen. Um, and thank you to all of you out there. But you also have your YouTube channel, which there's just a wealth of information. And you've got a lot of stuff on Patreon. You want to talk for a minute about what you have available out there for people? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of free stuff. Um, years worth of free stuff on the YouTube. Mm -hmm. I, do, I do have a Patreon. Uh, it's just five bucks a month um, for anybody who would like to have a little bit more. Um, and I, I put stuff up as I'm inspired to put it up. If I'm not inspired, uh, I don't do anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, when I am inspired, uh, I create, uh, I utilize that as much as I can, and I create as much as possible, and then I put it up, uh, and then the inspiration then, you know, dips back under, and then I wait. <laughs> you know, yeah. what I mean? right? Uh, so, so there are times when there's not a lot, uh, and then there's times when times when there's more. And, but you're at, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, that's, that's what I was saying. You know, I, this has always stuck with me from our first conversation. I, I believe this in, you know, in my heart. I mean, you're an, you're an artist and remote viewing is your art and it's your craft. You know, you're a craftsman with this. And I think that um, supporting your work is a, is a wonderfully beautiful thing because it's such, it really is a gift. And I think that years from now, decades from now, I think people will look back on your work and still learn from it, not just about our greater reality and some of the things that you've explored, but about this system and this process and, and our own humanity and what we're capable of. And I think for those that are other craftsmen out there who are taking this journey, five bucks to, to get a glimpse into your mind is, is a steal. Uh, as you go through it, just, just being able to, to get that piece, I think is so helpful on this journey. So I thank you for what you leave behind for all of us, Edward. I think it's uh, an amazing contribution to, to humanity, really. So thank you for everything that you do. 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, uh, I, if, um, like you say, uh, in a hundred years from now or whatever, if anything that I've done is uh, useful, um, then my, you know, then uh, I, I, it's a life well lived, and um, you know, so I'm doing my best. <laughs> you're doing you're doing an awesome job my friend and i'm thankful for you i'm thankful for our friendship and i'm thankful for everything that you've shared um we're out of time now my friends so this has been uh, edward reared and you can find him on youtube you can find him at crypto viewing you can find him on patreon figures just as men in the show that background noise turns off on me um but you can find edward just google his name uh and there's there's hours and hours and hours and days and weeks of, of fantastic content um, and it'll, it'll leave your mind percolating for a very long time. So uh, thank you, Edward, for, for being a, a guest on my show once again. Uh, I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. And let your intuition be your guide. Be water, my friend. Be water, my friend.